Please consider supporting the Wednesday blog by going to anchor.fm slash sean-thomas-cain slash support. Thank you. Welcome back to the Wednesday blog with me, Sean Kane. It's Wednesday, 5 October 2022. This week, let's talk about one of the first great modern astronomers. Galileo Galilei. If there are any reasons why I find myself drawn to Galileo, this distant Italian astronomer who lived 400 years ago, it's that we have two things in common. We're both stubborn and occasionally grumpy. I've known the basics of Galileo's story for most of my life. He was an astronomer who was born in Florence and worked in the Venetian Republic at the University of Padua, who was one of the first to use a telescope to look out into the night sky, making him the first to observe the Galilean moons of Jupiter, collectively named today for the man himself. His support for Copernicus's heliocentric model, that the Earth revolves around the Sun, contributed to his falling out with the papacy and his eventual arrest and trial by the Roman Inquisition, who put him under house arrest for the last few decades of his life. Of course, the real story isn't quite that simple. After all, many of his opponents agreed in principle with what he was arguing. They just didn't like how he argued it. Still, Galileo's contributions to science and to human knowledge of our cosmos overall are undeniable. In the last few weeks, I've thought about Galileo quite a bit as Jupiter has come the closest to Earth in its orbit for the first time in decades. I got a good look at Jupiter both through a telescope and with my own eyes on Friday night a few weeks ago up at the Copernic Observatory, and even was able to take a better quality picture of it than than I've gotten before with my phone. I see in Galileo an inspiration of sorts because of the things he did. He was able to prove that the moon wasn't perfectly spherical by observing the shadows of the crater walls, what he called mountains, on the lunar surface. Using those shadows, the effects of the lunar geography, Galileo could prove the existence of something he otherwise wouldn't have been able to see. It's like how, when it rains, the best way to actually see the raindrops falling on your head is to look at them with a dark background like a tree or a dark-colored house. Otherwise, the water droplets will blend in with the ambient colors surrounding them. Likewise, we can see the moon and the planets because... It's the light of our sun shining on them that is reaching us here. The moon doesn't light itself up, nope, nor does the earth. Rather, it's the sun that naturally does the job. Here lies an interesting development in this story. The sun lights up the earth during the day, but the earth is now still lit up at night. Only a few generations ago, our ancestors figured out how to use electricity to light up our lives and turn the darkness of night into something new entirely. As long as I can remember, I've been fascinated by this idea, that even at night some places are well lit. I wonder today if our cities might even be built with night in mind. 
If there's more artistry in the architecture when the buildings are lit up by electricity rather than by the sun's rays? Certainly, we have more control over how our buildings are lit in this context rather than during the daytime. One of my favorite ways to experience a museum is after dark, when all the lighting being done has been devised by an exhibit designer trying to control all aspects of how the exhibit is lit through their own lighting patterns. The British Museum does a really awe-inspiring job with lighting the Parthenon marbles in such a way that their great shadows climb up the walls of their room, making them seem even larger than life than they already are. Still, in Galileo's day, before electric lighting, they could see more of the night sky. It's a sign of the world that we live in that it wasn't until my 28th year that I actually saw the band of the Milky Way up in the night sky. Even in my youth, growing up on the farm on the western edge of, Can of the Kansas City metro, I never saw it. I think seeing the night sky in all its splendor gives us a chance to reconnect with our past before our industrialized modern world, to reconnect with the lights that illuminated our ancestors' nights and memories. I've talked before here about how profound it seemed to me to be able to see light from Vega that had left that star when I was a child. Well, the same is true for seeing the same moons of Jupiter that Galileo first saw in 1610 from his telescope in Padua. As winter approaches here in the Northern Hemisphere, we'll get to see a lot more of the night sky. The days are already here when the sun is setting in Binghamton during dinner time. The fall chill is in the air. It amazes me that October is already upon us. After all, it feels like we were just in August. But then again, I probably say the same thing a few times every year. When I was little and first learning the names of the months in school, I remember being given worksheets that included pictures for each month to personify that time the better to remember it by. March was shown as a lion, April as a storm cloud, and May as a flower. In the fall, September was a tree having reached its fullest bloom after the summer heat, and October was a collection of fallen leaves surrounding a jack-o'-lantern. I wonder how Galileo would have personified those months, or if he even would have thought of doing that. The month of my birth, December, is often associated with the beginning of the holidays, in my tradition of Christmas specifically. Yet it's also often thought of as the beginning of winter, even though the worst of the winter cold and snows don't come until January. Yet the seasons here in North America are different than those in Europe. In fact, I found that our months and seasons make more sense in Britain than they do in America, where the weather changes at a more expected time than its fluctuations here in America allow. In my Midwestern home, I've experienced Halloweens in the snow and Halloweens in summer conditions. In my year living in London, though, admittedly now a heat island, when it got cold in October, it stayed cold until March. How different, then, is our world from Galileo's? How much has our industry and development changed the world we live in? And how different will the world be at the end of this century from the world I knew as a child at the end of the last century? These are all questions I'm going to leave you with today. Have fun. The Wednesday Blog is written, read, and produced by me, Sean Kane, and I also came up with the theme music. You can learn more about my work at linktree slash sthosdkane. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash S-T-H-O-S-D-K-A-N-E. There you'll learn more about my website and my blog. Thanks. 
Thanks as always to my regular listeners, including monthly supporter Elizabeth Duke. You can learn more about supporting this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. I appreciate it. This podcast is distributed by Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm.